Welcome to the Wonderland. A podcast with coaches Amanda Jones and Alex Linares. Listen in as they drop down the rabbit hole to explore reality, suffering and awakening. Leave your worries and fears behind and get ready for a taste of the Wonderland. Welcome back to the Wonderland. This is episode 35. How strange. There exists a miraculous, powerful, unfathomable reality that is hidden from everyday sight. It's hidden in plain view. Albert Hoffman. I had a experience recently of a big kind of, I don't know, seemed to me to be a long-term contemplation that kind of colored the whole day and days after that. And this isn't anything new, but how strange it is to be alive (laughs) with apparent other people, thoughts, feelings, bodies, Objects, relationships, needs, wants, fears. What even is all of this? Now, is this just an existential question mired in some philosophy like nihilism or solipsism? Or can the very fascination and the ability to ask the question be the landscape we visit more and more? devoid of all philosophy, religion, knowledge, or belief. What is, what is left after all those concepts are set aside and just the question or the statement, how strange it is to be alive? What is left for me is a wonderland. Right? Where, as Markham describes, the mind becomes aware that it resides within what can be likened to a waking daydream. However, it, it refrains from trying to control the unfolding events. Instead, it adopts a state of serenity, gracefully flowing with the current of circumstances also acknowledging its own inclinations, assessments, reactions, and the narrative it constructs. Now, this laissez-faire approach to life may appear to outsiders as indifference, but it is quite the opposite. It embodies a sense of familiar, childlike wonderment, embracing the joy and awe that comes with the sheer act of existence. Hmm. I love that. That's uh that's a question that has been coming up for me as well. And the the words I guess that have been popping up for me as you know, we this idea of, of oneness and um non-duality seems to to be interpreted by the mind as being one big thing, right? And mm-hmm. and there is this um, maybe 
drive in the mind to how do I feel part of everything? And I've been contemplating the opposite, like the magic of feeling separate. What, <laughs> what is that? Like, what is it that I, um, that this, there's a body, there's mm-hmm. the perception of a body and that I am separate from the tree and the chair that I seem to kind of be part of <laughs> eight hours a day. <laughs> And just being in fascination of the sensory experience of being separate in a very, you know, raw way of of the sensed, um, yeah, the sensed experience of of being in a world, and then this this concept of a self, because when you when you really look at nature, the idea of separateness is absurd. If you ever look at a tree in a forest, it it would be absurd to say that that tree is separate from that forest in any way. There is mm-hmm. this inherent knowing of the interconnectedness of nature, um, and there is a there's a intellectual knowing, like yes, there's roots and they need to be planted and all of that. But beyond that, you you look at the completeness of nature, and yeah. it, it just makes sense beyond any conceptual description yet there's this very real feeling of being separate what is that what is that is it simply a neurological quirk because like you just perfectly described nature is uh, it's absurd to see the tree separate from the forest yet there's this sense feeling of being separate from the tree of me being separate from the tree what is it is it a sensory experience uh, a synaptic bypassed the uh, highway that we that that the mind has to drive down in order to function and survive i don't know yeah, I think there's there's a leap there in terms of how we ex- we've learned to explain it. Like mm. biologically, we know that there's these you know parts of our brain and uh, different nerve endings that create the hologram of our body, so we don't run into things and we can move through. Uh, but we share that with most animals. Really, yeah. most animals have a sense of their complete body or um, and their surroundings. Uh, for survival, but the the layer of ideas of being separate as a, as an entity that needs to run things and make decisions from this perceived you know body that that is fascinating. That is where science and philosophy mm-hmm. um, pretend to meet, uh, but then they both go like, hey, you sit over there, we sit over here, we don't have a lot in common because it's a hard leap to understand what would be, what is the use of the stories, I guess, is um, we can explain it biologically, but what is the use of that overlay mm. of story? Um, yeah, I think we, we don't have a good explanation for that. Well, just to... Uh, see that the fascination that the mind has to have a use for every goddamn thing 
every idea, every concept, every theory, every understanding, every bit of knowledge must have some use for me. Mm-hmm. And that me is the enigma that the strange kind of <laughs> mysterious phantom that seems to weave our whole holographic life. And it, it's not that it's not something to battle against or try to not feel, but we want to relet, we want to recognize it for what it is unknown. That's, it's, there's nothing useful or not useful. But what about those moments of lostness, of despair, of fleeing from what is apparently my story? And I have this uh, quote from L.S. It says, utter puzzlement, astonishment at being lost. No traces, no footprints, no orientation points. Nothing known on the horizon and no horizon at all. Only a sense of distant, elusive familiarity. From the within, within the within. Falling, curve after curve. A swirl in the swirl. So we we have this sense of panic at being lost where we can't uh, locate us ourselves in this strange land that looks separate, feels separate. And I think the mind, the conscious mind, interprets that feeling as needing to be fixed, needing to be changed, and completely kind of runs roughshod over the whole strangeness and awe of what even is that? Yeah, I, I think that's it's interesting to to talk about the the expectations of what um, oneness feels like being one of the biggest things that tends to get in the way of experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it it is it is hard for a mind that it's seeking something different and better and next to really settle into or even contemplate that oneness feels just like this, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like this right separateness now. that mm-hmm. what we've called separateness. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's really funny to, to really think about that. And, and that's where, where the question is so powerful. I you know we were doing, um, a, a breathing workshop recently and there's just this thought bubbled up this question. And I was like, how am I separate from my breathing? <laughs> and it's just, it, my mind was like, but the, the, <laughs> it had nothing to, yes. <laughs> Um, it couldn't, it couldn't, yeah. and it wanted to find how that, because there's mm. this breathing thing that I am doing willingly. And some, most of the time it happens by itself. And then the mind's like, yeah, you know, there's, I have some explanation for that. I don't have to worry about that. But then I, you know, being active with it, 
it just it was funny to see it trying to rearrange its ideas and its concepts to create those lines. And that's that's what's hidden in plain view is that there are no lines because if they can be shattered so easily, how real are they in the first place? How devoid of assumption are they in the first place? Yeah, it's 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 hidden from everyday sight but it's hidden in plain view. Everyday sight is what we would call the assumptions and the efficient way the mind creates the line so that it doesn't have to spend time um, recreating the, the feeling over again. It's like the feeling is, the line is set as a feeling and then it's, it's, it's like the the hand is on that play button all the time. It's always on. Mm-hmm. Just I wanted to address something else real real quick. Just like in the nighttime dream, we're designed to wake up to the waking dream. That seems to me is what suffering is not for you or me to wake up but for the whole system impersonally without it fulfilling a need for me to feel any particular way so it's not like uh, when we're suffering we we will always be in some certain static state of illusion and dream but that the design, just like in the morning when you wake up from a dream, it's the same mechanism that you will wake up. Something will wake up into the recognition of the strange land of being alive. Uh, and, and what even is that? It's, it's interesting because the, the me idea isn't separated out as getting some special treatment or reward from the waking up. It's all one swirl, swirling, feeling like anything at all. So it's, if you notice when you maybe are in kind of a a despair or a feeling of lostness, there's a real character there that is feeling that, owning that, needing to get out of it. And then the waking up happens and there is no reward for that me because it's gone. It was the despair. (laughs) It was the lostness. It was the experience, the strange impulse of, of being alive in that moment. I, I love that. I had a big smile on my face when you were talking about that because I have very vivid dreams and, um, I often have this experience where I wake up and there's just this gray transition where I'm not fully reconstituted in the in the waking dream. Yeah. And, um there's this misting of the dream. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I wish I could have finished that dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that I one love was that. a fun yes, one. That resonates. Yeah. Yeah. And it happened recently, uh, just a couple of nights ago. Uh, I woke up 
And I was kind of mad that I woke up. And then when I finally came to, I, I started giggling about it. And, and there was this knowing that I couldn't go back to that dream that there was nothing to go back to, right? The person mm-hmm. that was enjoying that dream was gone completely because it never was there. There never was any substance to it except, you it know, the, the, the context activity. Yeah, yeah. So of, of the dreaming. Yeah. And that really resonates because we we tend to want this me that's working so hard and seeking to get its reward at the mm. end of it. We we want it. And, and that seems to be one of the, the things that's really hard to tap into. And, and, you know, we have so many people who seem to ha- have experienced that, share that and say, you won't be there <laughs> yeah. to take your prize. Exactly. You won't be there to climb that pedestal and bow to mm-hmm. the work and the effort and and that can be a bit confronting that can be very confronting right for for people mm-hmm. who have been in suffering and seeking and searching but there's the other side and the way that that you that you described it um i it has a different sense to it there is this <sighs> yeah. To yeah. to thinking of it as as this process that that seems to be happening as part of a not an intelligent design, just this movement of life yes. Yes. towards waking up. Yes, and and that leaves the me two options. Maybe I can be mad <laughs> that I, get, I I can't control it, or wrap into the swirls mm. of the awe mm. that I have nothing to do here. And sometimes it feels like I do. And sometimes I do. And sometimes I can just kind of throw my hands up in the air. How strange. Um, how strange. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I, the, the, the waking in, uh, in the dream, um, and the apparent intermission and or commercial break that's, you know, when you're watching something, you're like, damn it. And when the commercial comes on, it, not that we watch commercials anymore, but it's, I love that. But the, the, the one who was, who was experiencing that dream was the dream. And it's a little bit of a residue during that intermission time that it's still kind of online as the observer and the experiencer of the dream separate from it. Yeah, and then that kind of sheds away, fizzles away, bubbles away as as a new me in a an apparent waking world reconstitutes herself and arrives on stage. Yeah, I have some beautiful words from Simonemic. She says, "And now, just this existence is fascinating." It doesn't need to have a name. It needn't be exciting, a journey or an adventure, neither romance nor retreat, neither fairy tale nor nor horror story. It needn't be any type of story. This appears as 
to be some kind of innocent fascination that seems to get lost with alleged alleged knowledge or answers that fit into a fabricated pattern. No matter, it's not about function or purpose or deeper meaning. There's this passion for stories and patterns and repetitions and synchronicities. The brain loves them all. It gets high on them, high on itself. And while I stand in front of this enigma, it hasn't anything to tell me to which I don't feel any resonance or connection, nor do I have any questions about its nature or existence. But this brain still creates stories like this. And as I gaze with almost no interest but utter alien fascination and get lost at this apparent edge where nothing can be known, nothing matters, nothing counts, has meaning, and even unknowing doesn't exist. This has been the Wonderland Podcast. If you'd like to explore further with Amanda or Alex, visit Amanda's website at uncoverispace.com or Alex's website at kanemacoaching.com.